0: tonight on and still a wrestling podcast we take a look at the recent survivor series war games give you our review of each match and the return of randy orton r-truth and go figure cm punk we cannot miss that one also aew all in london 2024 tickets go on sale we'll talk that and much more but timekeeper ring. Welcome to the And Still A Wrestling Podcast, your weekly podcast covering the latest in the world of professional wrestling. Welcome back in to And Still A Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Morgan, Kevin, and Drew here to talk all things wrestling. In the past couple of weeks, um, obviously the biggest thing on the list tonight, uh, something I, I think we, I don't know, I'll ask the guys, I think we kind of thought that this would happen. I don't think CM Punk was going to disappear into nothingness to never return, kind of like a old Jedi, but he did return and he made a big bang and it was kind of interesting to see him, honestly, from The last time we saw him in AEW, there was a lot of controversy, but not just controversy. He's cleaned up, fellas. Old Triple H sent him to the barbershop, got him a clean white t shirt and a fresh cut. And he looks younger and he looks excited to tackle this new adventure, albeit a lot of controversy behind it, because you know, nobody really thought he would go back, especially with Triple H running things. All the things he said. And uh, bridges that he burned in both companies, he is back to thunderous applause. CM Punk enters into the uh, into Chicago at Survivor Series War Games. Drew, you you look like you're like just ready to just well, give us well, your thoughts. For, for
1: starters, I've been is like calling this shot for like what months now that. It's like, I knew he was coming. It's like the second they started making all the hints, all the, you know, references, I was like, that dude's coming back, you know, the WWE. They got him locked down. But it's also the fact of how you just gave the intro there for CM Punk. It, it, it's definitely at some point here, we got to hear that. Well, 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 look who's come crawling back to the E.
2: So you just successfully combined two things I really don't care to talk about. Star Wars and CM Punk. You said he came (laughs) back to thunderous applause. Of course, in Chicago, and I'm huge in Japan.
0: Deny it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I can't deny it. I don't have any video of it, but uh, I mean, you you know, you say it, and and I believe it.
2: That's what the oracle does.
0: Speaking of boys, you're not going to give us your thoughts, your real thoughts at all
2: on it. Listen. Where are we going to be in three months, six months, one year? Uh, you know what? You know what I'm happy for? I'm happy he's out of AEW. Let him go spread some cancer in the WWE. We've already heard that Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, and a few other people behind the scenes aren't happy. Now I don't know if that's true or not. I found it interesting and I think bust it yeah, that's right. I think Busted Open spoke about it today. Apparently, the commentators laid out during CM Punk's entrance because they were restraining Seth Rollins. I don't know if there's truth behind that. There is some footage of two of the guys, uh, Michael Cole and uh, Neck Tattoo, holding back Seth Rollins. Uh, Apparently, Seth wanted to go after CM Punk. What I understand how it was, how it all went down was no one was smartened up until the main event. Before they went out for the main event, they said, hey, lay out. We're going to introduce CM Punk. And nobody was happy. I think it was completely disrespectful. That they put him out there after the finish of the main event. It completely stole that thunder. And for what? He didn't speak. He didn't do anything other than appear. Why not hold that for Raw? I thought it was very done very poorly. They did because it for Chicago. one reason. That's it. That's the only reason why they did it. It's because they were in Chicago and they knew they'd get the pop. Yeah. Is he going to so be pop cheered pop. everywhere else? It'll be very similar to the way he was in AEW. He's going to be booed in most places, cheered in a few, and some of those would be Chicago.
1: You know, if I if I can give you one thing here. I, I thought about this after it was over, you know, after they did the thing. It's like AEW and WWE have, in the last two weeks, made, you know, each of them a major signing. I think the WWE signing of CM Punk is good for the company in the short term. And I think AEW, on the other hand, who signed Will Ospreay, is good for the company in the long term. So I saw a...
2: I saw a snippet of the media scrum and I think Cody put it at best. The only thing I'll speak to is if he's going to bring us business, come on in. And he's like, and that's all I really have to say.
1: Yeah. But I think, I think CM Punk is probably good at the least for bringing in business for the next year or so.
2: So Andrew, yes, if, if you, let me think, let me, I need to put this in, in, in a, in a reference that would make sense. Um, I don't know if I can. I can think of something on the fly, but basically, you're bringing in someone who's a known issue, and and it's only to pop a rating. And how long is that going to be good for? You know, I'd like to know what the terms are. I'd like well, to know what in the contract there is. I mean, first well, of all, H is not going to be, feel feel physically threatened by CM Punk in any stretch of imagination. But knowing his track record, don't you have something that says? Hey man, if you cause problems, you're the fuck out of here.
1: I, I do wonder about that because I was thinking that too when I watched the media thing with Triple H, where he's sitting there like, "It's been ten years since he's saying we're we're different people from who we were ten years ago." And you know, I immediately thought I was like, "No, six months ago, this dude was causing a whole bunch of problems in
2: AEW." CM Punk is worse than he was ten years ago. Morgan, what do you got?
0: Well, I will uh, throw this in there, Mike Johnson of the. PW Insider reported that he was told by those within WWE that there was a consensus among the talent and the staff and the higher ups that as you mentioned, Kevin, that it was okay to have him there. If he brings in more money and he enhances the environment and the ticket sales uh, of the events and everybody can get along for more money. Um, But, However, it was noted that with that optimism also came the caveat or the request that he not cause problems and make everybody crazy. Now, I just don't see how that's possible. Now, I do feel like that he has a better chance of making it in a much more – organized and professional and long-standing company. And also now a company that's part of even bigger company. So it is the corporate giant. I think he has a better chance there, especially since he's surrounded by dudes that I do believe he respects a lot more than the dudes he publicly criticized in AW. So I think he has a better chance. Um, but that is one stipulation there that, that we will be monitoring for probably the next, uh, well, as long as he's there.
2: Anybody want to take bets on what that is? You know, I haven't paid too much attention because, honestly, I really, I don't really care. I thought we were over talking about him. He is more of a spectacle than he uh, he is an attraction at this point, in my opinion. He can still go, but he's fragile. He broke, what, three times in a year in AEW? Year and a half? I think he had three injuries in a year and a half? I think, I think Stevie Richards has the best slant on it. He was in WWE left. Seven years past, they gave him that TV deal. He signed for $3 million. That TV deal lasted three episodes. He got $1 million an episode. He found a money mark in Tony Khan. Tony Khan gave him X a million dollars. He went down there. He collected. He got the fuck out. He's doing the same thing in WWE. So on a money perspective, CM Punk's pretty damn smart whoever's going to pay him, he he goes to work for, pisses those people off and leaves. I think it's a smart ploy, but I just, again, I don't see what he brings to the table. What he brings to the table, in my opinion, does not offset the disruption that he causes behind the scenes.
1: I will say, I think that's one of my running gags, is that I said, Hangman was right, whether that was intentional or um, unintentional. Hangman was right when he did did that um, promo on him, remember, where he said, like, you're good for the company, you make everything great and you inspire and you you know challenge us to be great. But the second we put a championship belt on you, you become toxic.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, you know, and and it kind of goes goes into the biggest question from what I see on social media is yeah, you you brought him out there. You brought him out there in Chicago. As you mentioned, even AEW had issues with him outside of Chicago being booed like Cody Rhodes was booed everywhere. Um, so it seemed as if the fan base outside of Chicago area will turn on him and not like him there. Uh, the pop was perfect for that stadium, but you can't just always show him there and nowhere else. So what is he going to do? What What is the Rumble um, – plans for him what is the wrestlemania plans for him and a lot of concern there because aw is right now and they mentioned this in that media scrum that you talked about kevin aw has an avengers worth of baby faces i mean and those guys have their following they have their chance they have their t-shirts and they draw in viewers and people in seats and those those five guys that were in that war games match on the babyface side, they didn't need CM Punk to fill that stadium at all. AEW probably did, and we see that they're suffering now because of some of uh, you know lack of top talent like like CM Punk. But WWE really has a collection of guys that can hold their own. And so, where does CM Punk fit in all this? Other than just being a cheap pop, as Kevin was already mentioned. I mean that makes a ton of sense. But where does he fit? You're not going to put him against Roman, you're not going to put him against Cody. You're you're not going to really destroy your WrestleMania or your Royal Rumble ideas. So where does he go?
2: So as we record this, it's 8:57 on Monday evening. Are either of you watching Raw right now in the background?
1: I've got it playing.
2: My guess is they towed him out at either nine o'clock or 10 o'clock to pop that hour rating. I don't think they'll do it as they go off the air because I don't think that the rating value of that rating at 11 o'clock over the overrun is worth it. I think it's a nine o'clock pop. So we got two minutes to see if they part, card him out. Um,
1: you to answer real quick. If I may to answer his question, it's like, what are they going to do with CM Punk? It's like, do they have a plan? It's Like, yeah, they do. It's called night one main event of WrestleMania. It's like, Mark my words, if I'm making predictions like CM Punk's coming back to WWE and I got that one right, let me just call my shot right now. Rollins and Punk are main eventing night one of WrestleMania.
2: Uh you know what I heard? Hmm. Stone Cold and CM Punk at WrestleMania.
1: <laughs> Man, they really are handing him everything he ever wanted.
2: <laughs> That's the rumor.
1: Oh That's boy. That's the rumor. You- they're gift wrapping him. This is great. Why did Why did he
2: leave ten years ago, Drew? Because he didn't get the manor right at WrestleMania, right?
1: Yeah, and now is he, are we gonna give it to him? We're we gonna, we gonna give it to him against his dream opponent. Holy cow! Maybe I should bad mouth my job more. This-
2: <laughs> Fuck this BMW shit. Audi all the way.
0: Yeah, like what, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
2: hey, listen. I don't know whether what the weather was like by you guys today, but. Uh, it was not very sunny around here. Old Sonny getting 17 years in the can, and that's not a friggin' adult film reference. And man, she was pushing the size 22 orange jumpsuit. If that girl was 220, she was a pound. Holy shit, how the muddy have fallen.
1: But that's why I remember you saying something to me. It's like, it's like shouldn't we be making more jokes about this? It's like It's kind of hard to joke about the fact Sonny killed a man. She went yeah. on a drunken stupor, got behind the wheel, And killed a guy.
2: If I'm not mistaken, I believe this was her seventh arrest. And this one stuck. Not for just Dewey. She had aggravated assault, attempted murder. She's had all kinds of crazy shit. But this one stuck. 17 years in the can. Uh, And listen. She's going
1: to go peacefully to jail. It's like, what's. Well, she's incarcerated.
2: Now she's not. Yeah. Now she's going to prison. She's out of jail. She's going to prison. So (laughs) 17 years in the can. Uh, And then I'm going to bring back the reference. if anybody ever listened to um, uh, uh, Box of Gimmicks, what the hell is it? Uh, something to wrestle with. Bruce yeah. Pritchard coined the phrase, she pooted. And boy, Nick Wayne's mom was pooting the other
1: night. There it is! Oh I sitting there like, He's going to somehow transition from this sunny thing to Nick Wayne's mom. Come on! Uh,
0: no restraining order on Nick Wayne's mom, man. Whew. Let's talk about... Uh, th- something on the aew side now we'll back away from the well, wwe well, and cm punk They're still
2: well can we can we talk about the matches and what we actually saw what we enjoyed what we did enjoy because listen i for the first time i didn't even watch wrestlemania this year that was the first premium live event that i actually sat down and watched beginning to end and i slept through about an hour and 20 minutes of it and that is not well a- we know is, you're just
0: gonna bash it so we're that, just going to move on that's a shoot. Not unless you bash it the whole that's time a
2: shoot. I, seriously <laughs> i lost interest in the gunther in in Miz because there was no chance that Miz was going to beat him um there was a mask wrestler that i think i slept through and i think i woke up with uh the women's <laughs> match um who there was no chance that mommy was going to lose so the only match i couldn't call was the women's war games because i didn't know two-thirds of the people that were in it um but I think I saw oh, Sky do that. I, no, I think I saw EO Sky do that same maneuver with the trash can like three years ago in NXT. Did oh, I yes, not? Totally did. Okay, so it was it was a show, no doubt about it. My biggest beef was the fact that the finish of the men's match, in which the kid from NXT, what's his name,
0: the which smallest one? guy in the ring. Well... I mean, um, the guy that was on. Uh, McDonough. No, JD, JD McDonough. JD, JD McDonough. Yeah.
2: Okay. JD McDonough was supposed to take an RKO, and timing was good, but Randy didn't touch the kid. The kid put his hands out on the mat before he actually touched him. So they botched the finish of the main event. AEW never
0: botches. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they never botch finishes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, I oh. didn't think it was a
2: great event. It's just not my cup of tea. And now maybe it's because I'm not invested in the characters and the storylines. But it looked like mid card matches, in my opinion.
0: Hey, so, uh, up, you know, I'm, a, I'm
1: real quick for Kevin. It's like it's nine o'clock and Raw is going with the roller coaster. Okay. So yeah, CM Punk, ten forty five, ten fifty.
2: Mm, okay old school
0: Morgan. uh cody has been talk- talking now for gosh probably six seven minutes he's been on that mic by himself in the ring has he introduced which you team? know honestly honestly he fits himself he fits a wwe much better uh you know which is kind of sad like i feel like he's doing really well in wwe but you know last time we saw him was really his last greatest match in the AEW was when he got his when he uh, got set on fire in the burning table we were there and we saw that match in Duluth and um you know that was really i think if not the last match one of the last ones then definitely the most memorable of his final run there at the very end but um he does seem to be a guy who fits WWE better than AEW it just seemed like he never got over and that was i don't know if it was that match Kevin, uh, Drew, you guys can remind me, but they threw his belt back like five or six times from the crowd. And I don't know if that was when we were there or the the week later, but I think that that kind of stuff really ate on him because everybody else was injured at the time. All the EVPs were all injured and he was kind of carrying the show and was one of the main attractions and was doing a lot of um, good stuff in the ring. But the crowd just was not behind him at all. I mean they didn't want him to be a heel. They didn't I mean he wasn't gonna be a heel, but they didn't want him to be a baby face at all.
2: Yeah, he got the boo-boo face. Very similar to Roger Rossi when the when the crowd turned on her, she didn't want to do it anymore.
0: Right, yeah. That's, that's up. how it felt. Yeah,
2: yeah. She's I, popping up any of these now. But um, you know, to your point, he does fit WWE because he's he's that sharp dresser. He dresses above the part that he holds. Uh, And he does hold himself a little differently. You know, I was fortunate enough to be at the something to wrestle with where he appeared in Atlanta before the Super Bowl. And and I were front row. In fact, there's a fantastic photo of my wife with Cody and his dog um, who happened to be there at the show. Very humble dude. Very nice guy. I really think he appreciates everybody that actually reaches out and, and, and just lets him know the job that he does. And this is just before AEW became a thing um he was he was super nice in person but what you see is what you get I believe that everything you see on tv everything you see in character is really just him just amped up and that's typically what makes the best professional wrestler it's that person turned up to 11 I think that analogy has been used a 100 times but you're right he seems to fit that business mentality more so than AEW and I think you're right I think he fits better in WWE for
1: the record too it's like I know this will never ever 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 happen but let's be real with ourselves. It's like eh, just hypothetically thinking here. It's like, you know what? Cody Rhodes would have made the best devil for MJF if you think about it.
2: I, I think, think you would put a know. lot of people in that role.
1: Yeah, I know and, you uh, see it. It's like, but like, how cool would it have been if it actually, it's like they're just fantasy book and just Cody Rhodes, you know.
2: Yeah, like but you would add to have carried, carried a year's worth of storyline to get to that point um and and i know we're going to jump over adw but with the news that came out today with with mjf having a torn labrum his hip is messed up i think he's going to take a powder i think he's going to take the first half of the year
0: off uh drop the tag to to well we'll talk about it coming up so uh just to kind of wrap up what we're looking at on raw right now you've got uh shinsuke nakamura who has basically called him out so remember that storyline there drew where they were like okay, okay and he just got spit in the eyes with red
1: redness uh, does what now? spray
0: uh redness i don't know what redness does we, didn't we didn't we talk about that last week what colors do what <laughs> no that was during the uh the pay-per-view um so you know that's where that feud is going which you know makes i think makes some sense there but um yeah, we we have a ton of stuff that we want to talk about and get on with with AEW. Um, before we do that though, just to kind of go over the matches from Survivor Series War Games, you've got you mentioned the masked guy, whoever you didn't know who it was, Dragon, Dragon Lee. Lee, Dragon he was Lee, AEW and, guy. and and Santos Escobar. I actually really enjoyed that match. I like what they're doing with those two guys. They seem to be very talented. The Miz and Gunther, here's the thing about Miz and Gunther. I don't really like Gunther, but I I respect him much more after his media scrum because the guy plays the part. He knows that he's not the Cody Rhodes, but he's going to be the best and challenge anybody, and he kind of fits that hard-nosed, you know, European guy that's going to take on anybody. I, I do not really necessarily like him as a, as a build and his, you know, who he is. I mean, I like that he's he's cut weight. He looks better, much better. But, man, the Miz, I will say this. Triple H mentioned this, too. The Miz, versatility as a character, as a person, as a wrestler, when they need him to do something, I kind of think, like, he's the – kind of similar to, I mean, he, I want, I don't want to even say Dolph Ziggler because, but he's just that guy that just has been around forever, but he's much better than, than Dolph in my opinion, because he's much more versatile and he can be funny when he needs to be funny. He can be a heel when he needs to be heel and he can do, he can, he can change himself around when he needs to, and he can fit the business when they need to, which goes back to just being that Guy that can be presentable not only on your Monday and Friday show, but also into corporate meetings and partnerships with other businesses. So, to me, I actually respect the Miz because, no lie, I was like in high school when he became kind of quote famous under MTV's uh, Rogue Rules or Real World or whatever, and I I thought he was kind of annoying back then. But I always thought it was cool as a kid to see this guy kind of chasing his dreams as a wrestler and. I mean, he really has done a ton in that role. Mike Mazanson
2: is a first-time ballot Hall of Famer. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm probably going to expose some of my WWE incorrect knowledge, but isn't he a Triple Crown winner numerous times? Yes. Hasn't he done it all? Is there a single belt that he hasn't held at WWE? Um,
1: he's never been World Heavyweight Champion or, I guess, Universal Championship matters anymore, um... He's never held that one, but he's a two-time WWE champion, multi-time United States intercontinental tag team titles. You know, he, he's held everything. It's like the only thing he hasn't done besides win the world heavyweight title, I would say, he's never won the Royal Rumble. But, you know, that that's few and far between opportunity on this one.
0: Man, it must be – And Cy- tell, Cy- me, tell but- me that his wife is not hot too. Come on. Yeah. Buddy's? Dude, his I'm mother-in-law's a right. riot. His mother-in-law's
2: a riot.
1: Hey, side note, Kev. Um, is it killing you that much that we're talking WWE? Because I see him in the background of my video here. He appears <laughs> to be chugging down an entire bottle of champagne or something.
2: That's uh, Pellegrino. <laughs> I only drink the fine is sparkling water. Uh, no, it's, it, listen, again, I watch all wrestling. I don't need to like it all. I mean, I watch a, a lot of GCW, which is dog shit wrestling, but I enjoy some of it. Um, you know, I might even, I, I got to tell you, just before we started on this, I watched the last 20 minutes of the wrestler on Netflix and I might try an OVW match on Thursday nights. So I don't know. yet. You I mean it was, okay. so it was okay. The wrestler wrestlers. is
0: the, the other yeah, thing right. with the, uh, with the other guy. Uh, yeah. also the women's world championship. I expected a ton from Rhea Ripley. I know that she's amazing. I mean, you know, the chaps too, man, the chaps, but Zoe Stark, man, she held her own in that match. Now, there was one botch, a little bit of a botch, kind of, but it kind of worked out. It was weird off the top rope. She kind of flipped. She overflipped, it seemed. But, man, those two girls that are bigger girls that went at it and they're athletic was really cool to see. And then you switch to the women's war game match. Absolutely stacked. I mean, we already know Charlotte Flair, Belair, Becky Lynch, and this new girl that I don't know anything about, Shotzi, seemed to be pretty, pretty good. Honestly, she held her own as well. Then you got Bailey and Oscar, Kari Zane and EO sky. I mean, that group, um, as you mentioned, you know, to me, it was a pop for me with the trash can off the top rope just because, you know, I had never seen something like that, but you know, obviously that had already been done. So it didn't pop as much for you guys. But to me, the, the both war games matches, um, you know, men's and women's side, uh, definitely made me want to watch raw tonight and more episodes going forward. So I think it was a successful pay-per-view for a casual.
2: So I have a question. What happened to Shotzi's tank?
0: When I knew Shotzi,
2: she was, she was in NXT and she had that tank she would drive down in and they worked into a storyline where they said it was like her, her childhood tank. You haven't seen it, Morgan. It's like a, it's almost like, it's almost like one of those big wheels that the kids ride. Like big wheel, you know the powered like two yeah, miles okay. an hour. Okay, power wheels. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's totally power wheels. Power wheel. But it's a tank, and she shoots missiles out of the tank. That's how <laughs> she was in NXT, and I enjoyed that. And okay. then I saw her in this this woman's <laughs> this woman's main event. You know, again, yeah. and you, you guys don't think I'm shitting all over the product, but you know what I remember about about Survivor Series? I remember that CM Punk made an appearance. I remember that Randy Orton botched the finish. I cannot sit here honestly right now and tell you. All five members of the face team. I know Randy was a, a late show. Obviously, it was Cody. It was Seth, and I'm I'm failing to remember the two others.
0: I mean, the crazy part is that is Jay and Sammy Sammy, and You should be able to remember them.
2: And Jay, was so nope. I, I I God, until you just played. said it, I could not recall it. That's how memorable. It was. <laughs> I can't
0: believe that because
2: like but I, I said earlier, I, in that whole group I totally right get now. it. I totally get it, but for whatever reason, again, every single one they, of never, guys they, is they never remember anything but the finish. That's the line, right? And the finish was CM Punk, and that oh, upset the whole night for me. That upset the whole night. And listen, like you said, it was uh, Dragon Lee and Carlos Escobar, did you say? Santos, Santos Escobar. San, so so, so Santos, X, Santos Escobar and Dragon Lee. I slept through it, but it sounded really snug.
1: It's like, first of all, Dragon Lee, that's an AEW guy. Roosh's little brother, right? It's like, second of all, it's like, Santos Escobar. Like, I'm telling you, man, that dude has a serious upside as a heel.
2: Yes, actually. I think so, I liked, yeah. I liked it when they called him, um, who's, who's uh, Ric Flair's son-in-law?
1: Andrade? Andrade?
2: Yes, I liked it better when they called him Andrade Italo.
1: huh. <laughs> cute um i don't get that
2: that same character they lost andrade so they made another one
1: because whenever you were talking about did we see cody's last real big match in aew we're live unfortunately that was probably also andrade's last big match in aew because like well at least uh, andrade's
0: still there right
1: yeah i just need him to do more
0: Well, I mean, that's something that we could probably spend a whole nother show on about who they're utilizing and who they're not and why and why not. Well, let's start with AEW since we kind of went over uh, and we're at the 30-minute mark for, well, before I go.
2: Yes. Can we stop for a minute? And just what you just said, what they're going to do going forward. Can we bring up the fact that QT Marshall about an hour ago resigned from AEW? He has formatted all of their major events, over 750 that means that coming beginning of the year, they're going to need time somebody that's going to format them differently. And we may get a different booking style, a different type of show because of that. Every
0: What every four- formatting mean?
2: Okay, I'm going to say these are the five matches I want, Morgan. You're going to decide when they go on, how long they last. So whether Joe goes on first or Joe goes on last, you're going to decide how they go on the card. So
1: you and
0: deserve everybody has-
2: Yes, he's there, Paul Heyman. You you have a signature when you format a show. This is your style. I put the women's match on fourth because. I put the women's match on second. We're going to see a different type of format come the first of the year. And I'd like to see who's going to jump into that, number one. And number two, we're going to see a bit of a different show because of that. I think we're going to see it on Dynamite. I think we're going to see it on Collision. And I, for one, am looking forward to it. Listen, we know that AEW is, is cold right now. They need a fresh coat of paint. And I think that's yeah, they do. after the first of the year.
1: It's not going to oh, be a drastic no, change. Actually-
2: but it's gonna be a stylistic formatting change.
1: Um, that brings me to a point. I saw you know, I know it's QT resigning, but like, do you think his resignation has anything to do with like we're cold right now?
2: No, he's going to WWE. Cody got him a job. It's almost guaranteed. I mean, that is his boy. He owns his,
0: his, his wrestling school.
1: God, you're probably but, not.
0: But I will say I, I like where Drew is going with this because, you know, the fact of the matter is this past year has been, in my opinion, compared to the way AW started, a big dud. And if he is attached to Cody Rhodes, so there's there's some. I know Cody mentioned that they're still his boys and whatnot, but he's like, oh, those are still my boys. But then he also throws some underhanded, you know, jokes at him as well. Um, and jokes about being an EVP, like it was nothing or, you know, meant nothing to him or whatever, but, but I know he's respectful about it, but it's like, he's respectful, but then he'll throw a joke. And I don't, to me, QT Marshall is attached to Cody Rhodes a little bit too much. I know you still have, um, Dustin Rhodes as well, but I think that's kind of weird to me there. I know Dustin doesn't want to go back to WWE at all. So that makes more sense there. But QT Marshall, um, I actually feel good about what you just told me, Kevin, because, It has been cold and maybe fresh coat of paint, fresh air, fresh idea will help uh, 2024 be much better for AEW. You know, my frustrations with, you know, how they've kind of done certain things on certain days and seem to be only a uh, pay-per-view program. Uh, I would like to see those weekly shows um, get back to to the excitement that we used to have.
2: Yes, but I do want to correct you. It's QT Marshall.
0: Well, I'm not going to say it that way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, as we know, oh he's God. announced that he is finishing up his obligations at the end of the year, and then he will sunset. Uh, have either of you seen his documentary? I think it was on YouTube. Um, they like follow him around. He used to sell like Snap-on tools. I haven't seen it, but I heard it was, it was very snug. Um, but uh no, I heard it was really good. And it shows him going from like part-time jobber to becoming somebody and actually landing a job uh working for AEW. But uh, again, I haven't seen it. I wonder if you guys have seen it.
1: From part-time jobber to having a job. There you go. There you go.
0: <laughs> All right. So this is the thing that I really wanted to get into and we've kind of you know had to go back twice, but the continental classic the continental classic with AEW the tournament rules so let's let me let me tell you the rules first because i do think this is a pretty cool little format i want to see what your guys thoughts are on it now that they've done a couple of matches here but you've got 20 minute time limit 3 points for a win i know the the soccer football fans out there are kind of seeing where we're going with this 1 point for a draw 3 points for a win everyone is banned from ringside and there are two teams, or quote unquote leagues. There's a blue league, um, and there is a gold league. All right. So, um, and at, just as I'm like trying to tell you what the the blue and gold league is, I I can't seem to find it. Go figure. But um, let me see if I can pull it up. The blue and gold leagues. Do we have? Oh. I know the gold league. So the gold league is John Moxley, um, Swerve Strickland, Roosh, Mark Briscoe, Jay Lethal, and Jay White. Um, I I have an old list, so it doesn't show like who's won or lost so far. But what's your thoughts on that gold league group? I see Brian Danielson
2: on the finish, uh, along with potentially Jay White. I think that from a booking perspective, this is brilliant because this is 25 matches with upper mid level talent that you're going to put on TV over the next four weeks. And you're going to do two defenses or two tournament matches per show. So from a booking perspective, you've got 25 matches laid out for the next 30 days. I think it's brilliant. And you're getting everybody a paycheck. The guys are wrestling five times each because every guy has to wrestle one guy and there's five. So I think it's a fantastic 25-match bracket that will wind up... And the reason why I say Jay White is because the way he was handled with MJF, I think they shit on him. And I think the, to, to pay him back for doing that level job is to either give him this belt and or put him in the final against Brian Brian Danielson. But I think it's Dan, Danielson's to lose. That's my opinion.
0: So, so far... Drew, I'll let you talk about the Blue League real quick. But so far, you've got Moxley and Briscoe have uh, have faced off. Moxley won that one. You've got Jay Lethal and Swerve Strickland. Swerve won that one. And then you've no, got no, no, Jay no. White and Roosh.
2: No, 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 no. Swerve fought um, uh, um, Black Ochismo. Was- oh, no,
1: yeah, Jay Lethal. Yeah, Jay Lethal. I
0: said. No, you said Jay White. That's what I said. No. Oh. No. No, no, sure, okay, so Jay sorry.
1: Lethal.
0: Jay Lethal is who I I thought I said because I'm reading it. So, um, yeah, Swerve Strickland fought Jay Lethal and Swerve sure. Strickland won. And then you have Jay White who fought Roosh. Now, that's one thing I agree with you, Kevin. Is that to me, Roosh was a guy who they just introduced recently, and for him to get a loss kind of seemed weird. Other than t- to make Jay White's um resume better. And the so, beautiful thing about uh, this is
2: these guys can take a loss in this tournament and still win it. Which yes. You don't have true. to, you don't have to win every match. So this, this is, again, this is a brilliant idea to put your, your upper level mid mid tier talent on TV every week for 25 matches. And they don't always have to win. So it actually works out very, very well. This is a very smart move in my opinion,
1: which we'll come to with the other side of the league, because a certain somebody who put, you know, two of his championships into this tournament, um took an L immediately. Yep. Sure did.
0: And a very very so, good so to match. Point, so to Drew's point, you on the on the white side, we've or on the gold side, we've got Jay White with three points, John Moxley with three points, and Swerve Strickland with three points. The rest have nothing. On the blue side, you've got Andrade that ha- he hasn't wrestled yet. Danielson, he hasn't wrestled yet. Uh you've got Claudio Castagnoli. Faced off against Daniel Garcia, and Claudio won that in ten minutes. And then you got a lo- the longest match so far—sixteen minutes, almost seventeen minutes—and it's a twenty-minute time limit. Keep that in mind. Was um, Brody King versus Eddie Kingston, and Eddie took the L there, um, which Drew, as you mentioned, was kind of eye-opening because he's the one that gave up the belts.
1: Hey, quick question here too, like. This kind of caught me off guard. It's like when I saw Brody King in there. It's like was I mistaken on this one? But I could have swore that was supposed to be Malachi Black. Like they originally said it was Malachi Black, and then now they're saying it's Brody King. Was I wrong on that one?
0: I don't recall. I I have to look back and see. But
1: all right, it it does, and it's funny. You, I just. resonated with me because number one, they keep Malachi Black has openly complained about you won't put me in singles matches. And number two, this see this seemed really like made for his kind of, you know, for him to do stuff. Like nothing against Brody King. I think Brody King's fine and all, but like I think we would have benefited from Malachi here instead of Brody.
2: How quickly do you think he's gonna run back to the WWE when his contract is up?
1: Oh um, hey, man, barely, Buddy Matthews fairly quickly but that's the problem Malachi's contract isn't up for quite some time he's yeah, signed I got a really long contract
2: uh you know speaking uh, critically of what AEW has done with some talent that they've taken away they haven't done a very good job with it Miro just not even any use Malachi Black mediocre at best as far as use Andrade, they shelved him for a while because of his anger issues and issues that he caused out back. Um, so far, Adam Copeland, Christian, been used fairly well. Um,
1: Keith Lee. I been, he had been oh,
2: used for horribly, time. horribly. And man, he was so good Oops. too. Keith
0: Lee. Keith Lee, okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Samoa Joe getting a push. Samoa Joe was Ring of Honor champion for quite some time. Um, I'm trying to think of who else pops in my head that, that really uh, right. Didn't get, C- CM yeah. Punk. I mean, we know how that worked out. Um, you know, they put, they put well, him in main adventure. They still fired time, him. That's right. That's what I mean. Yeah. They, you know, so,
0: and you know what, another thing is like John Moxley, thankfully he got the win here, but you know, they had him up against orange Cassidy and gave him an L, you know, I mean, he's gotta be a guy. He's one of those guys on my list. That in the state of AW right now, John Moxley, Kenny Omega cannot be your – they're not in a spot to be putting over Nick Waynes of the world and even Orange Cassidy's of the world. John Moxley's got to get a belt back. Kenny Omega's got to get a belt back. These guys have got to be the face of your program right now while you're suffering.
2: You're showing how casual you are and how green you are, Morgan. Again, if you do that, you're not progressing the business, giving MJF a shot to show. My wife brought it up tonight and she had picked up something in that, in that, what is it, wrestlers program about how a heel can be a face. You're seeing MJF practice his baby face because eventually they will turn MJF baby face in a year and two years and three years. And right now you're seeing that he can do that as well. We all know the devil's coming back in February, March, April, whenever he comes back from whatever's going to happen in the future. But they're showing you that he can play face and he can play heel just as well. So I don't believe that putting a strap, which is just a prop and just a pain in the ass to go through TSA with on anyone improves the business. Unless you're bringing up that younger generation. We've talked about the fact that Kenny Omega's best days are likely behind him at this point, And he's going to need somebody like a Will Ospreay to pull a better day out of him i don't think moxley needs a belt he's an attraction he pops people just as hard without a strap but i don't think the strap matters making an orange cassidy a champion and believable champion we've noticed that orange cassidy has been doing less comedy because of it you're making the next star so i don't agree with that morgan andrew what do you think
1: um yeah that i always thought that's the thing where it's like the belt makes the wrestler the wrestler you know doesn't make the belt And that's the thing is like WWE's always been that way about it too. And most wrestling companies, it's like, you've got a star that is super over in that, you know, with the audience and stuff, they don't technically need the belt. Like, you know, guys like that was the whole point with like, you know, certain wrestlers like Steve Austin, the Undertaker is a great example of that. And, you know, Undertaker never needed the belt, you know, Undertaker was Undertaker. You know, you came to see the spectacle and, you know, undertake a wrestling match and you didn't care whether he was champion or not.
2: To that point, they created the streak, which was technically the same as having a belt, right?
1: Yeah. Um, So. And that's what I'm saying. Like, Austin's another example. Austin never – it's like it was Austin and Rock. They never needed – it wasn't about them having the belt. It was about them chasing the belt that made for, you know, quality TV.
2: And we all know it's the chase that people want to see.
1: Yeah, it's the chase. 100% on that. It's like, there's going to be a point here soon, especially with how he is, where MJF isn't going to need the title. You know, he's going to be MJF. You're going to tune in to see MJF, you know, because he's the upper echelon. And for AEW right now, yeah, Mox is in that position. Where, like, and I would say Brian Danielson's in that position too, where, like, they don't need the title. You, yeah, you he, come to see them do their thing.
2: Danielson's issue, though, is he can't stay healthy.
1: That, too. It's like, well, let's face it, he's been fragile since what, 2014, 2015. Dean, we're lucky to have him now, as we do, and we'll yep. take what we can get.
0: Bonus time. Well, speaking of belts, you know, this continental championship is going to turn into eventual belt for one of these gentlemen um or three going th- i thought they were combining them they're they not are. combining them you're gonna have to three carry you're gonna have to carry all three
1: oh oh bargain you casual you have never seen how japan does these things have you
0: you're gonna have to you're gonna have to carry three in japan yep Oh, yeah, okay. I don't think that's. I mean, they covered up. They covered up that's this right. one. They covered up this one, and they touched it. They oh. were like rubbing it, like they wanted it. So, but um, so Andrade, thoughts on? Give me one to ten. Ten being the a great chance to win this tournament, Andrade. Two, two. Five. Wow, five. Okay, okay. What are your Not thoughts? Good. Not good. Um. Based on the history of how they've done Andrade, and the fact that he has really, you know, nothing, nothing going for him right now, I would say he's just there to, to lose a couple of times, maybe get a he's win or two here and there. But matches. do you he's think he's there to any, put on good matches? Do you think there's any political
2: bullshit with Ric Flair being there now in the back? No.
0: Well, I mean, I thought I thought we still had issues with that. I thought you know she she doesn't seem to have any Instagram. You know, she used to be drooling all over the guy on Instagram. And now Charlotte doesn't really, I don't think she really has much about him on there anymore. I thought they were done. Are they still together? I have no
2: reason to believe they're not. Kind of like, you know, Triple H and and Steph getting a divorce and Triple H is like, boy, I like how the internet dictates my life. (laughs) Yeah, right. Complete not a bullshit.
0: Right. Yeah. And she was at Survivor Series as a fan, not as Mm -hmm. a a worker. Okay. So the next one is Brian Danielson. Uh, One to ten. What you got? Hard eight. Hard eight, eight and a six. I okay, see seven. Eight and a seven. Okay, so he they might go longer there. Um, Eddie what do Kingston.
2: you think? Whoa, what do you think?
0: You're, you're oh okay. okay. Um, Brian Danielson on the blue side. Um, Kingston, Brody, Claudio Garcia. Let me, let me yeah, I of- would say I would say Danielson. Yep.
2: This is his victory. I'm going to give him a 10. He's done in less than a year if he holds to his
0: word. I mean, what wrestler holds to their word? I mean, we're sitting here. He's a different kind of guy. though. Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know what? A vegan can still come back. He's not vegan anymore. uh, It's
2: too difficult to eat vegan on the
0: road. Whatever. Because he's not
1: good on his word then.
0: He's not good on his word because he can't even stick to his freaking (laughs) eating habits that he has. Um, All right. So Eddie Kingston, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go ahead and give you mine. I'm gonna say a zero. Eddie I'm Kingston? giving I'm giving Danielson a ten.
1: No, I'm going with eight on Eddie Kingston.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm gonna give him. A, a I'm, a gonna give a, guy. I'm gonna give him a, I'm gonna give him a soft
2: seven. Yeah, they're gonna play on our emotional heartstrings. I think he's gonna be in the semifinals. He's
1: he's the guy actually fighting for something because he has these titles. He's defending. It's like. Like he said, to everyone else they're trying to win a tournament. Eddie Kingston's out there trying to defend the two championships that mean something to him. He's got a okay. he's got a better reason for fighting than the majority of these guys. Yeah, he's an 8 in my book. Like
0: he'll Okay, I'll give him a 10. 6. Um Brody King, I give him a 0. 4 2 Yeah, I, I really don't I you know I don't like the guy. Um he's Claudio Castillo. Castignoli, I would probably give Claudio a, like a, a seven.
1: Oh man, like um, yeah, I, I, I think Claudio's up there. I'll give it an eight. It's like I can see them giving it to Claudio, and that We're would here. give you another reason to have him and Kingston go again. I'll give him an over easy six. six?
0: Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> when you when you twist that. It sounds like you know some weird crackling, Kevin. Oh, by true. the way,
2: oh, the earpiece. Sorry, it keeps falling off. Yeah,
0: when you do that, it like. Um, all right, so then Daniel Garcia. I give Daniel's just a goofy dancer at this point. I mean, he's another skinny young kid.
1: One.
2: Wouldn't it I be interesting? Wouldn't it be interesting if we made a new star out of this tournament? Yeah. And who would that new yeah, star ain't gonna be, gonna be Daniel. Be. Daniel it ain't gonna be Daniel Garcia.
1: Okay. I see Don't no convince evidence me to that. To say he's that star <laughs> though. Right now.
2: But I could see this being a a, a a swerve, and it be creating a new star.
1: Well, let's let's go back and rank with the other side here. You know, we'll see if we see the winner on. Let's adult. uh.
0: Let's put Daniel Garcia in the main event in one of the big events uh, or matches at World's End. Eh, wrong. Not gonna happen. I wouldn't want that. Um, okay, so the gold side is uh, Mark Briscoe. I give him a zero.
1: One.
0: Soft two. Uh, John Moxley. Whew. You know what? I'm hmm. going to go with nine. I give him a five. I give him a five. Uh, I don't have any, I don't have any hope that they're going to let you guys just convince me he doesn't need a belt. So
1: no. Yeah. But Kevin convinced me of this earlier um, months ago where like he said, when they gave him the international champion uh, chip, the the point, he said, like, I can see Moxley being that guy who takes a belt, go becomes an ambassador for the company zips around, you know, the con you know, from Japan to the other countries, defending this you know, championship belt. And I was like, if this belt comes with a heavy amount of responsibility and exposure for AEW, yeah, I'll go nine. I see them giving it to Mox and making Mox that ambassador guy for AEW. And it's it's something Mox would actually genuinely want to do is, you know, like I said, he doesn't need a title, but he, if the holding a title means I got to go around the rest of the world and represent AEW in other companies and stuff like that, that's totally a mox thing.
2: nick Wayne's mom just rolled over and whispered in my ear. Six point nine. Oh jeez.
0: <laughs> um Swerve Strickland, I would give him probably an an eight or nine.
1: Nine. Nine and a half. It's like cause on that same note, it's like we can't put the AEW world title on um swerve right now this is a this is an easy out to create a title that you know not only can you know he defend but he can elevate this championship with the momentum he has right now swerve might be my pick to win this
2: i'm gonna give him a runny seven.
1: Ugh! does it have to be a runny seven
0: i'm gonna give him boiled eight I think, I think
2: we see bigger uh, things for Swerve. I think this is just a, a holding spot for him until we can get new plans after the first of the year. I think we once we get past the December 30th pay-per-view, I think 2024 is going to be a top year for Swerve. And agreed. that was displayed That was displayed by opening the show with him after a phenomenal pay-per-view. He was the first person to walk out of that tunnel, and that just tells you that they have plans for him. That's how the business works.
0: Um, that's how QT worked. But not anymore. Well, no, 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 no. Remember, he
2: formats it. He doesn't put the matches together. He's not the booker. That's right.
0: But I thought formatting meant he came out first, right? Well, he says the match. So wouldn't that be? Yes, Yes, but but wouldn't he dictate he came out first?
2: Yes, but anybody in that that formatting role would take anybody off of the pay per view that's hot and put them on first. That isn't your signature. Your signature with QT was he always got a woman's match in in the middle of the show. It was super rare to see a woman's match open. In fact, I'm not sure it ever did. Or close. And I think the only close we got was with Thunder Rosa and, and, uh Britt Baker. So he had a style. And every every formatter has a style. So that's all I'm saying.
0: Next two up, it's two zeros for me. Roosh and Lethal. I don't think that they're... There's no proof Lethal can – they're even going to let him win a match in AEW. It's, it, it is crazy. Um But Roosh, I don't really know what they're doing with him, but I feel like this isn't his moment.
1: The irony is those are two stars you could make in this tournament right there. I'll give them both each a four because I'm not ruling it out. But, man, like I said, you can make a star out of both of those right there. Do this.
2: Yeah, I, I – Roosh for – and and as much as it hurts me to say lethal one or two and i gotta i gotta wonder what lethal's politics are in the back like why is he okay is he on the downside of his career he has to be is he That's helping younger thing. talent is he helping younger talent like why is he okay with jobbing to everyone
0: i'm thinking so. like you i i think you're on 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 the money with that i think that It seems like he's perfectly fine being where he's at, getting his matches and losing, and um, being a guy who knows what he's doing in the ring so that he can be safe, and it's not about him anymore. Yeah.
1: How much are they paying him? Because, you know, you can be real super content with that if they're paying you a boatload of money to do that.
0: Tony Khan is a money mark. Yeah. That is what it seems to be right now to be honest. Um finally up on the list on the Gold League side is Jay White. Um uh, and and Kevin has sold me on the idea that this is the moment for him to get back uh the disastrous booking that he had. And this might make a lot of sense now. Maybe this is why Jay White was okay with losing the way he did because he knew this was coming up next. And there was a significant plan for him. So I'm going to give this one a nine. Yeah, this is a poached nine.
1: I'm going to give this a chafed eight. It's like, <laughs> I, I can see it. I can see it happening. But at the same time, like, um, it's like, uh, you know, we can move it to a swamp-ass six if you – um, if, um <laughs> yeah. Kevin like, is right about the whole thing that he's only here for like a year deal and then he's going to WWE.
2: Are we talking like mesh bathing suit running down the beach chafed? Ooh, it that hurts. Oof, that's some chafing it's the right salt, there. The salt that's air. Some chafing. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's some chafing. Yeah, I think Jay White. It, it, I think it's going to come down to Jay White and Daniels, and I think that Jay White has, has more than a fifty percent shot of taking this whole thing, just because the way he was shit on in the MJF program. Alright, oh,
0: that's so, fair that's really our tournament overview of the continental, uh, classic, you know, so it looks like rating wise, we've got high up on the list. Danielson King Kingston, um, got maybe a pick a, a stretch pick of Garcia. We've got Strickland and Jay white with maybe a stretch pick, maybe of Moxley or Roosh on the other side so there is some i think one thing that is good is that there is some debate right it's not just like clear cut who they're going to give it to um so that helps and and it it kind of helps me out as well because as kevin mentioned i have been longing to see these guys that i think are their top talent wrestling for something not just putting over you know young skinny guys uh, and this is an area where they can wrestle for something, so it actually is something I'm I'm looking forward to because of that.
2: What is it with young skinny guys that you don't like?
0: I, I mean, I guess it's just the uh, the puka necklace or whatever. It's just re- you know it, it's giving me 1990s, you know, high schooler vibes of Nick Wayne, and I hate it. But he or, works great with uh, his his adopted dad, you know, Christian Cage.
2: Gore Brussels with a crystal around his neck, talking about 1980s, 80s, 90s vibe. Speaking of Christian Cage, we are going to get, or we believe we're going to get, Adam uh, and Christian December 6th. Uh, I believe it's going to be on Collision, if I'm not mistaken, that came out of this week's Collision. Did it not?
1: Yeah, but I'm like, I'm with you. I think we're going to find a way to... Get around that, and we'll probably get it on December thirtieth instead.
2: How much of a rib is naming Luchasaurus kill switch?
1: Um, I'm not sure how it's a rib, but do tell. But I mean,
2: well, isn't is, that his finishing maneuver in WWE?
1: Yeah, that's what I said. Like you're my you're my finisher. That's why he calls. You know, yeah.
2: I think it's yeah, fantastic.
0: I like it. I like yeah, I I think it. A good
2: idea.
1: Well, it's better than um, calling him one prettier.
2: I was thinking they were gonna take the mask off of him or give him a new mask, but uh he took um, the concerto from Adam on Saturday night.
1: Dude, they were trying to make him look like a badass because he took the concerto and he still tries to get up like it, you know. Yeah, he's
2: like pulling John too. Moxley. He's pulling a John Moxley.
1: No, he's pulling a cane. <laughs> he's literally cane now with the dinosaur mask.
2: Speaking of uh the musings of AEW this week, can we talk about the whole devil appearance? and how uh, it was super, super, super convenient that Adam Cole played pocket pool when the devil appeared and took his hand out when the devil came off the screen. Now, Morgan, when I talked to you earlier today, it's, I'm going to use the word cute. You were so cute. Why would a wrestler in this day and age have to do that? Wouldn't the truck do that?
1: It's a work. Hey, um, are we going to talk about the <laughs> other thing about that?
2: It's an Easter egg.
1: Where, no, the part where they all heard, you know, where you heard the devil kind of speak and laugh and everyone on the internet was like, I think that's Jack Perry.
2: I I haven't seen any of that.
1: Oh, yeah. They all think the vocals and the laughter, they said like, dude, that sounds exactly like Jack Perry. So now they're like, is Jack Perry the devil?
2: So let me ask you, historically, and we can go back 10 years ago, WWE did a thing where they digitized somebody's voice and within minutes, Someone had broken it down and played the recording of the actual Russell saying it because that technology is so fucking old. So if that's the case, why hasn't anybody done that with the voice that we heard the other night?
1: I, that's what I'm thinking they think it is. Is that they, they did it and they said, hey, it's Jack Perry.
2: Where's the proof? Show me the audio of Jack Perry saying those exact words. Because, again, this has been done numerous times. That's why wrestling doesn't do it anymore. The technology is not all advanced. You find the algorithm that digitizes the voice, break it down. You've got the human voice. And you play it back for everybody to hear my guess is either it's not his voice it could I'm not saying it's not him although I'm saying it's not him but if that was the case it would have on the internet in 20 minutes some geek in his mom's basement I, yeah, I agree would have played that back by now and it would be out of the bag so that would be a boo-boo face on aew for even thinking of having the actual person record the voice now Again, my wife is starting to get into this whole thing as is, is the devil as well. It's kind of funny. She's taking somewhat of an interest in pro wrestling for the first time in like damn near 30-something years. We've never seen the devil from the waist down. So if Adam Cole is legit hurt, and I think it's a 50-50 shot at this point that he is legit hurt. But I think it's 99% now that we know that it's not CM Punk. Adam Cole, 1% Tony Khan. And I think it could be a schmaws, but I think we're going to get the payoff in December 30th but I truly believe that it's Adam Cole 99%.
0: Yeah, I think it's Adam Cole. I mean, Tony Khan would be kind of funny, but um, if it It was Jack Perry, that would be a disaster. Yes, I I agree
2: that I think everybody involved would know that if they introduced it as Jack Perry, it it would get booze. That would be a death knell for AEW for the first half of the year. They would have a very difficult time overcoming that that decision. That's my opinion. Um, But like I said – if it's Adam Cole, where do we go? If he's really hurt, where do we go? Is it so disturbing that it's Adam Cole that he causes a schmauze and Samoa Joe rolls him up? I can see Samoa Joe beating MJF December 30th, especially considering what came out today with MJF having a torn brain. Right. I think it makes sense and it's playing into the hand. But, Morgan, as you learned from that program on Netflix, you can't always script reality. People get hurt, things happen.
1: I- I have heard people online saying that, like, depending on how the tear is to his, you know, what is it, the labium or?
2: Not the labium.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. It's like, I don't know it. <laughs> Damn dyslexia. But we're, we're towards
2: you, need to, you need to put that on the headline of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <Towards labium. laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: oh, 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 boy!
0: They're so close. <laughs> yeah, they're so close.
2: Yeah, yeah, so close.
1: <laughs> oh, let me try to sound smart, and I should have just said shoulder, right? <laughs> well, anyway, it says labrum. <laughs> no, it's his labia now. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going <laughs> anyway. The the the. Story I've heard is like with depending on how serious it is, he could get away with just like physical therapy and still be good enough to go, you know, with no questions asked on the thirtieth. But I mean, this, if he tore his labia, then no, God, he's he's in serious trouble.
2: Did the same guy that told you that was Jack Perry's voice that they recorded? Is he the one that's telling you that uh, he doesn't need surgery?
1: Uh, no, actually, believe it or not, uh, one of the one of the people that was saying it was crowbar. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's relevant. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, crowbar's probably <laughs> fucked up enough of his muscles to know what is and isn't, you know, uh, going to put you on the sideline.
0: Well, to, to be fair for you, Drew, um, going back to that, um, labium and labrum, they're both very close to each other on an insect. Uh, and they're not, it's not the same. So, you know, you, it's easy oh, to get great. confused if we were talking about an insect. So, um, but you know, I need, but anyway, uh, I need, Lord, so, I
1: need you in my life. It's like more often for every time I fuck up the word wrong and you come <laughs> up with a reason how drew could have fucked that up.
0: <laughs> no, you know what? I mean, you know, the recovery depends on many factors for MJF. It looks like if they do get, get surgery, I mean, they could fight through this four to six weeks if it reattaches itself to the bone. Once it does, then it it takes another four to six weeks to get back to full health. So uh, you're talking eight to 12 weeks here. Uh, It's a big blow for your top guy right now. Uh, It kind of goes back to what Kevin was saying of if there's any moment where you need to move on to Samoa Joe and give him finally, finally give Samoa Joe a the championship belt of a of a decent promotion, <laughs> you know, uh, this would probably be it in on December thirtieth. Here's a challenge, and I want you to think about this before you respond.
2: You have the pencil. You know that MJF is going to need to take time off, but you know, January first, twenty twenty four, he is a quote unquote free agent. How do you book him now knowing that he's not going to be able to wrestle for a short amount of time and you're going to still keep that story fresh. And the fact that he could jump to WWE, even though I fully believe he's under contract. The storyline says January 1st, 2024, he is a free agent in which he can negotiate with WWE. How do you keep that story alive knowing he's not going to be able to wrestle on TV? I got
1: an idea. Well, that my first thought was like, if he's going to actually need shelf time, the blow off, if if we're going to talk like the blow off of the devil angle, maybe we don't even blow off the devil angle at, you know, world's end. Maybe it's like if you're going to put him on the shelf, honestly, with those stories they've been trying to tell, that should be Wardlow. Wardlow should maybe be the guy that interferes in the um, Samoa Joe-MJF match and just obliterates, you know, MJF and causes him to lose the top. Because that, MG- that was Wardlow's thing. I'm going to screw up everything for you, and I'm going to strike at a moment where it matters the most and you least expect it. And then, you know, you could still have, you know, MJF on TV just with the fact that you've argued Wardlow injured him.
2: Do you run the chance of losing interest in the double angle if you don't pay it off in December 30th?
1: No. if I don't know, man. If you could add layers to it and you know make it that the devil is actually trying to aid MJF as opposed to hinder him, you could maybe still keep it going for a minute.
0: Okay. Morgan, what would you do? What I would do is – I would have the devil distract uh, MJF, and um, I like the idea of, of Wardlow, but I think that I think that you would have the devil distract MJF. I think you could have the devil be Adam Cole, and um, my idea would be that he would. You wouldn't have to really talk so much about his injury, but you could say something along the lines of, because MJF has been so, you know, like, you're my best friend kind of thing with Adam Cole. I could see being, being so devastated by finding out that his best friend has betrayed him, that he needs to take time away to think about his future uh and he also loses his belt to Samoa Joe in the you know in the whole thing so he he loses his belt and then also loses his best friend in the same night would devastate him to need to you know take time off to to mull his contract I guess you could say maybe he doesn't belong there he doesn't have a friend he doesn't have a belt Maybe he needs to go to somewhere else, but we know that that's already locked in. But that's kind of my thought. Would other th- other he, than that, I think Drew's kind of.
2: <laughs> would you say he could? He was losing his smile.
1: Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. It's like the
0: yeah, you the, could say
1: the bidding war twenty twenty four should be a case of, it's like you should almost run the CM Punk angle of does he want to be here versus do people want him here. Where you could have, like, the roster basically, you know, making it clear whether they do or don't want MJF as a part of this company.
2: So I'll give you my bare bones, whether you want to hear it or not. Have him drop the belt to Samojo, expose the devil is whoever it's going to be, whether it be Adam Cole or Tony Khan or whoever else you want to put in that mask. And then come January 1st, MJF doesn't wrestle. He's on week after week talking about how he could wrestle. But he's not signed and he doesn't need to wrestle and he's working with the other company and he's in negotiations week after week after week until he's healed and then when he's healed come back put the strap back on samoa joe is transitional for injury that's what i do and again that's the bare bones hang some tree hang some some uh, leaves off of that but that's your 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 basically your your frame for the storyline
1: And I'd accept it because even as a transitional champion, I I totally think with everything he's helped and done so far, it's like Samoa Joe deserves a spot, you know, a chance to be at the top.
2: I agree. And maybe it's an opportunity to swap out the belt together. I mean, maybe we make Samoa Joe transition from MJF to Swerve and see how Swerve does at drawing. I mean, the crowd seems to be behind him right now. That was a hellacious match he was in. He earned his stripes in that match. Uh, You got MJF, I mean, sorry, you got uh, Wardlow chasing the belt. You got, uh, um, um, who else was was said he's 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 coming after MJF. There's somebody else I'm missing here. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, I think 2024 uh, is going to be an interesting year and it's going to be a pivotal year for AEW. You know, 2023 is on the downswing. They can't afford to be on the downswing the entire 2024. They need to turn the business around. And I think that with the new year, new programs, set your 12 months out. Spark. That's right. Exactly. You just got to hit on something. Um, That's how I feel.
0: As we're coming to the end, I wanted to do our our weekly On This Day in Wrestling History. It's November 27th, so uh, let's go back to 1986. The NWA presented a unique starcade titled The Night of the Skywalkers. Presented TV matches alternated between the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Greensboro Coliseum in North Carolina. Heavyweight champ Ric Flair and NWA United States champ Nikita Koloff in the night's only title change. Tully Blanchard won the NWA title, television title in a first blood match against Dusty Rhodes.
1: Was question for? By the uh, way, the main
0: the main event with Flair and um, Koloff was a double disqualification.
1: Was this? Was this the scaffold match too with um Road Warriors and Midnights? And where um oh god, poor Jim Cornette takes the fall that he's, like, still bitches, yeah, he's still bitches yeah, he still bitches about that. To this Morgan,
2: fun fact, the night that we were at collision and I pointed out that gentleman that was two rows behind us, he was one of those guys in the scaffolding that day.
0: Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, 1991, WWF Survivor Series took place at the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. The event saw the first ever non elimination match in Survivor Series. That match saw WWF champion Hulk Hogan lose his title to The Undertaker at, after interference from Ric Flair. This win made Taker the youngest WWF champion in history at that point.
1: This match also has the infamous thing where Hulk Hogan swears to God that the tombstone he took from Undertaker onto the chair um, screwed up his neck and back forever. But despite the fact that the camera will clearly show you that, A, his head never makes contact with the actual chair, and B, Undertaker gives him the most gentle tombstone pile driver you've ever seen in your (laughs) life. It is a classic moment in Hogan being Hogan.
0: Nineteen ninety nine. This one's for Kevin. Hero Matsuda died of colon cancer at age sixty two. Famous trainer for Hogan, Hall, Great Muda, Lex Luger, Ron Simmons, and Paul Orndorf. Matsuda son. Like, like
1: um, I said, look at the
0: list. Two thousand five. Another 2005 show or another, uh, Louis or Joe Lewis Arena, Detroit, Michigan, Survivor Series 2005. Uh, Bautista, Rey Mysterio, JBL, and Bobby Lashley and Randy Orton defeated Shawn Michaels, Kane, Big Show, Carlito, and Chris, DeMa- Chris Masters. I got a picture with Chris Masters, by the way. He's still, I, I, I randomly saw him on Instagram. He's, uh, He's doing like I think I sh- I texted this to you guys. He's doing like you know, bingo halls now. Well, that's the indie life.
1: Yeah. Also, heads up if you really follow him or listen to him in any of his you know interviews and stuff like that. Chris Masters is a great human being.
2: Did like, he have he's... you? Did he have you in the master lock in that photo?
1: No. Oh wait, him.
0: <laughs> I told, told him to do up, a um. Uh, you know, I told him to show me his bicep i so i met him when we were in baghdad in, when i was overseas with the army and i told i asked him i also have a picture of mjf or uh, not uh, mjf cm punk cena. cm punk was uh, cm punk was there john Cena. I got myself with john cena undertaker was there shelton benjamin shelton benjamin great guy too stayed late undertaker stayed late john cena all those guys that that you hear stay late they definitely stayed late for the troops but I had Chris Masters. I said, I said, do your uh, bite, show me your bicep. And so I did my bicep next to his bicep. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> he is like seven times, his arm's like seven times bigger than my arm.
1: He didn't make the pec dance for you?
0: Well, I didn't ask. I thought that would be kind of, you know, maybe inappropriate. Oh man, um, he does
1: it all the uh, time now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Uh, 2018. This one's for Kevin, too. Asuka won Battle Royal on SmackDown to qualify for the main event at TLC. Uh, And alongside Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, she ended up winning that main event match uh, in that pay-per-view. So good job, Asuka. That's That's it. That's 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 the reason
2: why my female dog is named Asuka. And there she is right now.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys. It's been a good show. We, we talked about a lot, lot of good things. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you're listening here and, uh, we will see you next week. I don't know. Is there, there's not any big pay-per-views between now and then. Right. But, um, we will have a couple of shows, more shows of CM Punk. (laughs) We'll get to talk about him more to, to Kevin's, uh, you know, sugar, I guess sugar in. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, again, this is Kevin, uh, Drew and and myself, Morgan, uh, wishing you a good week, and we'll see you next week on And Still, a wrestling podcast. I got to go tear up Nick Wayne's mom's labia.